We've thought about all these different ways that we can continue to bring people together to talk about timely and very important topics. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. The way we work has changed forever, and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Labby, Chief People Officer at TopTel. The largest mutual life insurance company in the U.S., New York Life, has been advising policyholders on investment decisions for more than 175 years. The firm provides term and whole life insurance policies, as well as wealth management services that meet their members' needs at every stage of life. New York Life holds the highest possible financial rating from all four independent rating entities and paid $2 billion in dividends to policyholders in 2022. Their company culture continuously wins awards, ranking as a AnitaB.org top company for women technologists and a National Business Inclusion Consortium Best of the Best Corporation in 2022. Today's guest, Kathleen Navarro, is Senior Vice President and Head of Human Resources Business Enablement at New York Life. She leads the company's integrated diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy and manages the HR business partners that support the strategic goals of the company. Since joining New York Life in 1994, Kathleen has held a range of finance, strategy, and operations roles. She's been recognized as a top 10 champion of global diversity by Diversity Global and included on the most powerful and influential women list by the National Diversity Council. I'm so excited to hear how she built her award-winning strategy and how she applies her skills to her role. Welcome, Kathleen. Hi, Michelle. (laughs) So I would love to start out by kind of talking about your education and background. So you have a bachelor's degree in statistics and management and your MBA in accounting. And more recently, you earned your certification from Harvard Kennedy School in strategies for building and leading diverse organizations. I'm curious to know what inspired you to make that shift from accounting to HR and why you decided to pursue their certificate, even though you've had, you know, plenty of HR experience. Sure. Well, um, you know, first of all, I feel really fortunate to work at a company like New York Life. I've been here for um, nearly 28 years, and during my time here, I've had the opportunity to explore all different parts of the company. When I joined HR in 2015, it was my ninth department at New York Life, and so I've had a, a variety of experiences across our mostly insurance and corporate areas, although I did do um, a stint in our investment shop as well. You know, right from the beginning of my career, I never really was a true accountant. Most of my roles were operational and strategic and in nature and, you know, sort of um, having those skills really helped. Prior to HR, I headed up our product compliance and operations team in our life and long-term care department. And that was really, uh, at that time, I'd say, sort of two things that led me to a career in HR. First, I was co-leading our women's initiative at the time. That's our employee resource group for women. And so I got really steeped in the company's, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. 
And then also, you know, in the role I had in, in, uh, I was a member of the senior leadership team of the, the life department. I was the sort of point person that worked with human resources and I collaborated with HR on just a number of different initiatives. We worked on a new onboarding program for, for the department, a knowledge transfer program. We had several employees who were very long tenured in their career and ready for retirement and were deep experts. And we needed to, to make sure that we had the next generation like learning those skills. So I was doing all this really great work with HR. And when the opportunity came up to um, be chief diversity officer, it really was a nice blend of my growing um, interest in HR and my passion for DEI. And then, as you mentioned, a couple of years into this, I decided to go to the Kennedy School and get a certification in building and leading diverse organizations. You know, it really is an emerging field. And it's not something like when I was in college, um, you didn't really learn about diversity, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs when you took classes that were, were HR related. Or I felt like continuing to learn and grow is always, you know, an interest. And I also felt that it'd be really good to have some external perspective. And we get that at the company from a number of different ways. We do surveys to benchmark. We have external partners. But I thought actually having the time to be out of the office, really fully like, you know, into focusing in on thinking about our platform, the program we built, and just how could we make it better, you know? So it was a really great experience. And it's it's something to kind of go back to a college campus and and be on campus, even if it's a very short period of time, uh, just to kind of get the creative juices flowing. Diversity and equity and inclusion wasn't a thing back in the day, right? It, it hasn't been. So I think that's very interesting that you would go back and get that. That's That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. When I first joined New York Life, first of all, we didn't have a chief diversity officer, you know, 28 years ago. So it wasn't even something I could aspire to. It's not something I ever expected I'd, I'd be, you know, an HR professional. And when I look back, I said that HR was my ninth department when I joined the department in 2015. It's also my longest tenured department. I feel like I've really made a home here. You've clearly seen the company grow and the culture change since you've been in all these different roles. So how did that inform how you're approaching talent management? And did you intend to stay here this long? And and can I mean, it's, it's kind of afforded you a lot of different opportunities, as you said. So, you know, I actually did not intend to stay at New York Life uh, for very long when I first joined. I wasn't I wasn't that familiar with the company. And I expected, you know, I'd come to New York Life, I'd spend a few years kind of figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. I was one of those folks who didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll give this a try and then figure it out. And it's interesting because a lot of my colleagues will say the same thing, right? That they they came to New York Life, they thought it'd be sort of a, a stepping stone and potentially move on to other places. And we've all stayed. And we've all stayed, you know, because it is such an awesome company and has such a great culture. And I think what's like really kept me here is probably three things. You know, one is that I feel really good about the work that we do. We provide financial security and peace of mind to folks when they and families at a time when they they really need it the most. You know, it's incredibly important. And we really are a mission driven organization. 
So that permeates throughout everything that we do. And that is um, the way we think about our policy owners, the way we work with our agents, the way we interact in the communities where we live and work, and really importantly, the way we treat our employees and our colleagues. And so that kind of leads to my second thing is that the, the company places such a great emphasis on the employee experience. So I didn't realize, you know, when I came to New York Life, um, how important that is to the company and really, again, how fortunate I was to land here, like not, not knowing that, right? Like getting to a company that really does keep the employees top of mind. You didn't have the bad experience yet in a world. Right. Yes. Like, and then, and you don't realize that, like you kind of think, you know, um, Companies are probably all like this and they're, they're not, you know, and for me, I've been able to have a really diverse and fulfilling career at the same company. I feel like I, I continually have these opportunities to, to grow and learn and do different things. And it's really kept it, um, very interesting for me. And then we just have, um, all of these programs where we just like invest in our people. We have seven employee resource groups that are just, really um, amazing. They offer stellar programming. We've got a, a really robust um, corporate responsibility program, and you can volunteer and work with nonprofits, you know, out in the communities. Uh, we have a focus on well-being and self-care. So, like, all of that just really makes it to be a really incredible experience coming to work. Like you don't even feel like sometimes like that, that you're coming to work, which leads to my, my third thing, which is the people, right? Like the culture is such an inclusive culture and it's made up of such awesome people. And, you know, now that I've been working here for gosh, all this time, it really is a long time. Um, you know, my colleagues are really truly my friends. We share in all the joys and the highs that, that happen in life. And then we're there for each other and support each other. When times are tough and, you know, nothing I could say, you know, could be more challenging than the past couple of years, right? And, and having each other and having the company come together the way it did, um, just made it like that much more, you know, sort of bearable. And, um, it was really sort of a bright spot having, having this, this network here at the company. And I'd say a testament to this really is sort of the, the long tenure of employees at New York Life. I personally have gone to probably four or five like 50th anniversaries at the company, right? Like people spend their their entire career here and they're like long careers. And it's also multi-generational, right? So I've worked with like three generations of of people where, you know, grandparents, parents, and then and then um children joining the company. And that says something too, because you're not going to have your family members join, right? If it's, if it's not a great company. And, and what's been really, um, sort of fun now through the years is the people that I've been working with and the, the kids that I met who came to New York Life and take your, your children to work day are, became interns and now are employees at the company and I'm working with them. And it's just been a, a pretty cool, you know, sort of experience to like kind of live through all of that with everyone. That's awesome. I love that story. So question. So New York Life is a mutual company. So it's owned by policyholders and doesn't have outside investors. So how does this ownership model impact your talent strategy and your company culture? Sure. So being a mutual, that's a little bit of an unusual model. I think a lot of people probably aren't familiar with that. So we don't have investors from the outside. Uh, we don't have outside owners. 
And so all of the work that we do, it's really uniquely aligned to our customers' interests and priorities. So we're able to make very long-term decisions and not have a short-term focus on meeting, you know, sort of analyst expectations. You know, mutuality allows us to put our policy owners at the center of our business. And sort of as a result of this, it really does differentiate us from our peers, but it also helps us all sort of work together as one team. Like we're all here in it for the, for the good of our policy owners. But we also show the same level of attention and detail and thought to our employees, a testament to the focus on talent development and what we do to support our employees is our current CEO. So he started his career as an intern at New York Life. You know, we have to have a really strong focus, right? To have someone be able to grow their career and stay at the same company, interning to, you know, and then working his way up and eventually becoming CEO. So it really is important to us. And we have a really robust um, talent development platform. Uh, this includes several in-house leadership development programs. We have a learning and online learning platform that hit a really big milestone last summer. We hit our millionth learning hour on that platform. So employees are really using it. And actually, it just adoption and usage just really continues to grow sort of exponentially. You know, our Office of Diversity and Inclusion, which had been formed in 2006 when we had our, our first chief diversity officer, it evolved in 2022 to the DEI Center for Awareness and Advocacy. And awareness is all the work that we've been doing all these years on supporting and growing our employee resource groups, um, fostering our inclusive culture, you know, having um, courageous conversations and inclusion campaigns. And all of that work is continuing. But then we also expanded to include this advocacy arm. And that really is in helping employees to um, like thrive in their career, helping our managers in being able to develop and support diverse employees, helping to connect employees all across the company. And so having this um, new program, it just, we've added out so many resources and support for employees and we just keep, you know, growing this. And I'd say, you know, another um, example of this is a, a role that, I think is, is perhaps a little bit unique to New York life. We have an internal mobility specialist that sits on the talent acquisition team. And this individual is full time dedicated to helping support employees just grow their career at New York life. So, um, she meets with individuals and does one on one coaching, helps people navigate the posting process, helps review resumes, prepare people for interviews, goes and does roadshows around the company to talk about our mobility program at the company so folks really understand what's available to them. You know, it really all comes together. There's just so many resources available and we really want to make sure employees are aware of it and tap into it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's, we're also private. So I appreciate that. Like it's not, you know, we can go at our own pace and deep dive into places that we feel are the best for our folks and our, and not have to worry about anybody else's input. You mentioned something though about your a millionth hour of training. New York Life is consistently ranked one of training magazine's 100 top companies for learning and development. So I'm interested to hear more about the learning opportunities you offer your employees and are these programs built internally or do you partner with outside vendors? It's a combination. 
So we have, um, we have a, a really, um, talented staff of learning and development professionals. We do a lot of our training and programming design in-house. Our development programs are all, they're, and they're really deep learning experiences. They, they're small cohorts. They run the better part of a year. And we design all that in-house. We have, um, sometimes we'll tap into outside, you know, resources to come in and do, um, you know, some of the training and collaboration with our team. And then the, the learning exchange, which is our state of the art, like learning platform that has an array of, um, assets on it, you know, and that it, it, it connects to LinkedIn learning and, and so much more. It has so many different things. It's, it's pretty cool. Actually, you could go and you can search and you can look up and you might get a webinar. You may get uh, an article to read. You may get, you know, some, um, online training. We also have in, you know, in-person training classes that we, we do. And that's our, our in-house team that does that. So it's a little bit of a mix of everything. We also do like learning pathways. So we really think about, you know, what the skills are that folks need today. And then what are emerging skills and what do people need to be learning now to be prepared for, for the future? And so we kind of meet departments at where their specific needs are. So like one example is um, data science. So we have a data science academy and employees can learn both, you know, sort of just general basic data science analytical skills and also learn expert level content. Uh, we work in partnership. This program's in partnership with some universities, for example, University of Pennsylvania and Johns Hopkins. And so people can get certified and they can do, um, if they're really interested in becoming a data scientist, like do an apprenticeship with our data science team. But some people, we have a pathway where you can just um, take the classes and it really is more about learning how to apply these types of skills in your day to day, right? Analytics is becoming so much more increasingly important, right? For people just in their, their day job. And so this program, you know, kind of helps people with that. We also do something um, in technology that I think is pretty cool. We give the folks in the technology department a stipend. So they get a $2,500 stipend that they can use to, for their own training. They can use it to get a certification, to, um, get a, to, to learn an emerging skill. Uh, you know, they can use it just in a, in a host of different ways and, and apply it to something that's of interest to them. And so, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we think it's really important that people are aware of all of the programs that are, are available to them. So last year we created a brochure for employees that lay out all of these different offerings, you know, so, so folks could really take ownership of their own career. You know, we really want people to know and take advantage of this. I love what you're doing. I mean, internal mobility is so important. Data science, as you said, is a huge, you know, lack of skill set in the marketplace. People are always looking for data scientists. So if someone's interested, give them a little taste, give them some training, see if they're interested. So um, would love to kind of pivot a little bit and talk about remote work. So I know that um, employees are, you know, we know are increasingly in this day looking for flexibility and balance. So you have something called a 3-2 model with three days in the office and two at home. And so how has that been working for hiring and employee happiness? 
similar to, I think, every other company out there, right? During the pandemic, we shifted to fully remote, and that was actually something new for us. We went from something like 95% of our employees working full-time in the office to like 95% working full-time at home. And it was really a pretty amazing experience how agile the company was and and how um, employees adapted, you know, pretty quickly. And it was just even amazing from a technology perspective. You know, I just wouldn't have, if somebody had told me, you know, even just a couple of months before the pandemic hit that we'd all be working from home, I would have said we wouldn't have even physically been able to do it. But we, we you know, really did, a the employees all really came together and we had a good transition. And then, you know, as things opened up, you know, it's really important. The company is very relationship oriented, as you probably gathered from some of the things I've been saying, right? And just the idea of being together is really important. So, the majority of our employees, not all employees, but the majority of our employees are on what we call this um, 3-2 schedule. So Monday and Fridays, we're at home. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, we're in the office. And, you know, it's been, a, for me personally, I think it's been amazing being back. You know, I love being back in the office and seeing people. And quite frankly, though, it's been amazing having those two days at home as well, right? It's like a really nice balance. It kind of gives us the best of both worlds. But what I particularly like, and, you know, as we were trying to figure out like how, you know, what schedule to have and thinking through different options, you know, what was really important to us is that when we're in the office, we're all in the office together. And so you're not coming into the office and then having, you know, a lot of people, the majority of people at home, and then still sort of interacting as if you were in at your house, you know, it's like you're in the office, you're together, you can schedule things, you know, it's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. So then you think about your schedule a little bit differently and more thoughtfully, you know, bring teams together um, to collaborate when you're in the office on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. One of my favorite things is we have this uh, weekly program, we call it Cheers for Charity, and it's on Thursday nights. And it's up on, we have an employee lounge on our top floor and it's beautiful space that has this really cool view of the city. And you pay $15 and you get two drink tickets and light hors d'oeuvres and the money goes to charity. And the so the company pays for the whole, you know, for all of the the um, food and, and staffing set up and then the money goes off to charity. And we vote each ERG during their heritage month gets to select the char- a charity that's important to them. And, um, being able to be back in the office and see and network and, and be with people has been incredible. Cheers for Charity is more crowded now on Thursday nights than it ever was before the pandemic. Like everybody's coming together because people want to hang out and see each other. But what's really cool too is having Mondays and Fridays at home with scheduling because we are a, you know, national company and we have employees across the whole country. And one of the things that was a real benefit from um, COVID and, and Zooming is how inclusive we became. Because you didn't have people, you know, the, the one or two people that may have been on the phone and, you know, really, quite frankly, are often forgotten, right? Like you're you're in the room and it's all about being in the room. And so we're able to then think about Monday, Fridays a little differently and try to schedule, you know, meetings that may have um, co-located teams and be able to then all be on Zoom and take advantage of, you know, the technology of being at home those days. So it really does kind of give you a little bit of a different perspective on just even how you think about the work week. 
And then, you know, in terms of employee happiness, well, we did our most recent employee engagement survey mid-2022. So it was early days of us returning to the office. Had the highest engagement scores we've ever had. And we we have pretty high scores as a company. And so people seem to be pretty happy with the way we have this um, set up. And we're also hearing from candidates that they like this mix. I just met with somebody recently who was interviewing because her job had gone fully remote and she didn't want to be home by herself five days a week. You know, she wanted to have some interaction with people in the office and like this balance of the two days at home. And, and sometimes people just aren't even set up at home, right? Like it's not, it's not, you know, you like coming into the office, um, because you just, you know, have a better setup. It's certainly been a journey. And, you know, we keep, we've, we've learned a lot along the way and we keep, you know, looking for ways to, um, keep the remote workforce engaged and maximize the days we're in the office and just continue to make improvements. We're a fully remote company, but we always have been. So we've made it work, but I think, you know, and, and we've been very successful and we start that way. So we know how to engage people remotely from the beginning, but you know, you're right. Cause the hybrid part is always the tricky part. You forget somebody or you're in a meeting and then you hang up, but the con- the conversation continues in the room after the remote person has hung up. So they're missing key information. So I love that you don't do that. You know, you, you purposely schedule things on the days that everybody's in the office and you're purposely aware of that because I think that that's the part that people miss. So that's great. I'd love to ask you a question. So one of the things that I'm very interested about is your women's initiative. So I know you have multiple resource groups. But you had mentioned that you had co-led the women's initiative. How do these, you know, help support your DEI initiatives? And what is the women's initiative particularly targeted to? So we have seven employee resource groups that are just truly amazing. Our women's initiative is our oldest resource group. It actually just celebrated 20 years last year. Really, the the women's initiative and 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 all of the ERGs are they each have different focus areas, you know, depending upon the needs of their community and interests of their community. Uh, the women's initiative through the years have re- has really done an incredible job of developing employees, coming up with some programming, working in collaboration with HR to to come up with some unique programs to help support our women at the company and also really focused on relationship building and connecting employees. In general, you know, our ERGs focus in on personal and professional development, relationship building and giving back to the community. And they're all culture carriers. They all help to foster, you know, New York life's inclusive culture. They also help employees appreciate and respect differences, understand, you know, unique perspectives, really, you know, that sense of belonging. And if you're on a core team, those are the people who run our employee resource groups. They really get some incredible experience. You know, you you step outside your day job, you get to do things that you may not otherwise have exposure to, such as being accountable for a budget or having to influence without having direct authority. And the programs that they host are just incredibly rich. You know, we do all different things. It'll run the gamut. It could be, you know, having an outside speaker come in who could be an, a subject matter expert in a particular field. It could be 
a development program, um, you know, that, that people can go to. Our women's initiative just kicked off a, a program that they've been running for a number of years that's around communication and helping women with their communication style. One of my favorite events is our bold. That's our black um, employee resource group. They host, it's called um, NYL 360. And they have this as part of that NYL 360. They host a day where employees can go to sort of like a, a giant conference room and it has all different booths. And it's the booths are all New York Life employees who are meeting and talking to ERG members about all of the different programs New York Life offers, you know, um, tuition reimbursement or, or loan repayment or certifications you can get or like it just runs the gamut and people aren't just aware of everything. And so this is a really good way for people to understand like what, what's available to them. And, you know, we receive, receive really great feedback through the years. I've heard some really um, powerful stories. You know, uh, a member who got a new role, who had the courage to get a new role, role at the company because she was hesitant in the past, you know, didn't, was a little reluctant to put herself out there. And then through the ERG programming, just gained the confidence to, to post for a role or another person who moved into a different area in the company because he made a connection at an event, like things like things that have had a real direct impact. The impact has been both certainly at the company wide level and the cultural impact that the ERGs have had for these, you know, two decades or so. And then also just the individual experiences that people gain. So it's, it's really, um, yeah, it's really amazing. It's also impressive that you're so creative, the things that you've thought of and then the things, you know, that build on to the original ideas that you've thought of and the expansion. I mean, I think that's so amazing. I also know that New York Life is very supportive of working parents, right? So I think you have been named, you know, best companies by working mother, or now it's called Sarah Mount and best companies for dads. You've created just such a supportive culture around working parents and even added adoption benefits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I'd say that encouraging sort of a healthy work-life balance for employees has always been, you know, part of our culture. We talked a little bit about, you know, the shift to remote and how we were, you know, we were always like prior to that, we were always in the office. But even pre-COVID, we always had um, really strong support for working parents and caregivers, you know, in general and have offered flexibility and, and, and people being able to, um, you know, balance what they need to with um, raising a family or taking care of a, a, a parent or what, whatever it may be. And our benefits package really is shaped with with that in mind. You know, we really want to be able to provide flexibility. We want to have a wide range of options for employees. Uh, one example is um, we partner with Life Care and they offer a wide range of services you know, includes access to child care or um, legal advice or education support. They have a concierge service where employees can just call like you don't even they may not even realize or know what they need. And, you know, the individual can kind of walk them, talk them through that. Sometimes, you know, we can all feel a bit overwhelmed you know, especially like nowadays and especially like a working parent, right? And you just need some extra support. 
So we also offer, um, you know, mental health resources. We have short-term um, counseling services. Uh, we Our website provides just an array of resources uh, that employees can access if they're just, you know, not quite feeling themselves. And then our employee resource groups also help supplement this work. You know, we have um, peer leadership circles where members come together. It's sort of like a small group discussions and peer mentoring. And there's advisors that provide additional support. And some of these groups that have come together are working parents. You know, they want to, they want to lean into each other, learn from each other, right? You really do having a network and having that support really can't be overestimated. Like you get, you get so much um, benefit, I think, from having people you can tap into that have similar experiences or can help, right? That you can just talk to and learn from and just know like you're not in it alone or that the way you're feeling or, you know, may not, isn't um, necessarily different than maybe what others are experiencing. So all of that has really been um, really helpful. And then you also mentioned our adoption benefits and that's been, I think is just like really wonderful. Yes. Let's talk about that because I know the Dave Thomas Foundation recently listed New York Life as a 2022 adoption advocate. Our benefits really just help employees, you know, realize the dream of having a family if like, you know, that they may not otherwise be able to have, right? And extends to married couple, domestic partners, same-sex couples, single employees who may decide they want to adopt, right? It's open to all individuals at the company. And so what we do is we provide financial support and employees can receive up to $10,000 in financial assistance to cover, you know, eligible adoption expenses for one child per year. So it's not a once in a lifetime. You can each year, you know, not that, not like I, if I did this each year, I'd have 28 kids. So you know, you wouldn't be ta- tapping into it every year necessarily, but it isn't, um, only a once in a lifetime, you know, benefit. And adoptive parents then also get time off to bond with their new child, be able to sort of help ease that transition that, that comes with a growing family. And then, you know, the adoptive parents obviously can take advantage of all the other benefits we have, like life care that I just mentioned. We have a leave coordinator that really helps work one-on-one with employees because navigating the leave process can sometimes be a little challenging. So we we try to make, you know, all of that as easy as we can for, for employees. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive, all the things that you've done. Um, so I want to wrap up now because you've shared a lot and I appreciate it. Uh, I've I've taken some notes, by the way, during this conversation. I'm like, these are great. I am an avid reader. So I really, I love to ask my guests if there's any book that you, that's, you know, that's positively impacted you, something that, you know, you recommend to your team or coworkers or something that you say, you got to read this book. It changed my way of thinking or, or what, something that moved you in that way. So I am going to... um Point to a book that I received at what I believe was the second event for the Women's Initiative more than 20 years ago. So I'm curious to hear and see if you've ever heard of this book. It's called Leadership, the Eleanor Roosevelt Way by Robin Gerber. No, I have not heard about that. Yes. So, yes, Leadership, the Eleanor Roosevelt Way by Robin Gerber. So it's really funny because I do, I remember this event very clearly, like all these years later, right? And I've gone to, I've probably gone to hundreds of events right. since then from the ERGs, right? And at the event, um, Eleanor Roosevelt's granddaughter, Anna, came and spoke 
to the employees and talked about her grandmother and her leadership style. And each attendee received a copy of this book. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt was a remarkable woman and she was such a trailblazer. And she really, um, her leadership just led to tremendous change. And so the book's really interesting because it's set up that each chapter is sort of like a leadership sort of quality and, you know, tells it through stories like how, how El- Eleanor Roosevelt lived her life. And the chapters each start off with a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. And so, um, for example, one chapter is on finding your leadership passion. And the quote is, work is easier to carry if your heart is involved, which I just thought was pretty amazing, right? Because if you have an interest or you, you love what you do or you're trying, you know, you just, you just show up better, right? Like you just want, you just all in. So, um, yeah. So that's the book I would recommend. Wow. All right. I'm adding it to Amazon today. So Kathleen, this has been a great conversation. I'd love to wrap up with just one final question. What has been your proudest moment as a leader? All right. So I'm going to, yes, that's a big question. That's a big question. I am going to answer that as my proudest moment as being part of the leadership team at New York Life. You know, there's a lot of proud moments I've had through the years. The one thing that really stands out to me is in 2016, when we created our Coming Together Courageous Conversation series, you know, we, we at the time recognized that events that were happening externally impacted the way um, people showed up at work. You know, it impacted how you can't just check at the door what's happening outside the company. Sort of a little bit of a shift in our DE&I program and thinking about, you know, the program had always um, helped support our employees and our agents and really thinking about how we could support people in a different way. And so we created this Courageous Conversation series, and it was in response to a number of shootings of unarmed Black men that was happening, that had happened around the country. And it was a very different event for us. When we um, embarked on this, we thought, you know, we'd have this, we'd have a conversation And I didn't think it would be one and done, but I didn't think that it would be, I didn't recognize how powerful it would be going into it and that it would lead to really our signature program at New York Life. And so we hosted our first event and it was on um, easing, it was, it was on racial anxiety and it was a new topic for us. We had done unconscious bias training for years, but we had never really spoken specifically about racial anxiety. And we did training on racial anxiety. We had partnered with um, the Perception Institute, an organization outside of New York Life, to help us because we recognized we just didn't have that skill set. You know, I'd asked about learning and development earlier. You know, it was some, something we hadn't done before, and we wanted to make sure that we had the right people in the room helping us with it. We sent out the invite to this event, and I think it was less than an hour we were at full capacity across all of our offices around the country and we had to start like scrambling to find more room so that we could have people, you know, participate in the event. It was a, the reception that people had. There was across the whole company, across all demographics, like everyone wanted to be there to help each other. The openness of, you know, our, our CEO and our senior leaders to having this event in a time when it wasn't as common, 
you know, back then. And then we had employees who got up and shared their stories. And so the brave employees who got up and we had two black men who spoke about times in their lives where they had unwarranted encounters with the police. And then we had a white woman who got up and spoke about a time that she recognized unconscious bias in herself, which was also very brave to do. And it led to just these unbelievable conversations. And like I said, it really did just shift the focus and um, had us think about DE&I at the company in an entirely different way. And so that program has really, it's it's grown. So we've had more than, I think, 35 company-wide conversations since then. And we have small team discussions. We expanded the program a couple of years ago where each year we offer a particular topic and we go around and we do that with particular teams. And so we keep growing that program. And then you also mentioned, I loved when you said you, you thought that we, um, you know, bring creativity to it. So when we think about like some of these company wide conversations, you know, in the beginning, we, we were a little bit formulaic. We had, you know, we, we would have our outside, um, consultants come and talk about give like subject matter expertise on a particular topic, do a little bit of training around it. We had table facilitated table conversations. We had moderators like we we kind of had a set up. And then as the program evolved and people became more comfortable with it, we evolved as well. Like sometimes we'll do, um, you know, we'll have an event and then the conversation takes place like over cocktails in the evening or we uh, another time like we'll we'll do things like um, watch an episode of Blackish and then talk about it. And so we've thought about all these different ways that we can continue to bring people together to talk about timely and very important topics. And so that's been, I'd say that has really stood out to me. Kathleen Navarro, Senior Vice President and Head of Human Resources, Business Enablement at New York Life. Thanks so much for sharing your time and insights today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Talent Economy. I'm your host, Michelle Labby. You can find much more information about the talent economy on staffing.com and toptel.com slash insights. Hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work.